When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars. My name is James, and I have a guest. I'm not going to call you a guest anymore. I think you're just somebody who helps us on the podcast. Let's go ahead and say your name. Hey guys, my name is Rudy, here for this last episode of The Mandalorian. Can't wait to get into it. And yes, in case y'all don't know, today was the day where they showed the final episode of Season 1 of The Mandalorian. And it went by really quick. Eight episodes doesn't really... Uh, do it justice in my opinion no especially when the episodes go from you know anywhere between 30 to 43 minutes i think it the story it was they were trying to tell you know it was too big for those short for that short of episodes and only eight really didn't suffice but if you think about it this way they're setting up for seasons two and three possibly four. Oh yeah and as we know as y'all know bob Iger actually greenlit season two like in the middle of the summer, I guess they showed him what it was, and he said, "Yeah, go ahead and start working on the, on the second one." And and I we were all that when we heard that, I guess everyone was like, "Man, this has to be really, really good," and it was. It was really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, there was like one or two episodes in there that I thought were just filler episodes, but um, it was absolutely phenomenal for the first star wars live action series that i've seen because the other series that they're out there is what clone wars rebels Mm -hmm. um i think there's a couple shorts that that are out there but they're all animated series so Mm -hmm. uh, for this being the first live action i thought it was fantastic oh yeah it was a little great course it was a little risky to see like if it would work you know like if a star wars live action would work and if people would be excited about it and it worked i think even like i said we've said before even people i know who are, who aren't even real big star wars fans all watch the mandalorian and of course that has to do with of course the child baby yoda baby yoda took over the whole world there's memes each week <laughs> new memes each week about the child and it, it was it was i think overall it was a very successful thing for lucasfilm to do this live action tv show man this this show gave us obviously the child and then all the memes like you just said but also you know coined phrases that star wars fans now are going to be saying for years to come this is the way i have spoken i have spoken yeah that's crazy like for years and years all we've had is you know no i am your father or may the force be with you now we have a whole like like you said this is the way i have spoken i I still hear people say that all the time and people post it all over like when people did their reviews of the Rise of Skywalker, they were like, "The movie was great." I have spoken, you know. It was like, yeah. everyone, everyone is saying it. So this was a huge success for Lucasfilm. I mean, I, mean, I, I saw a meme the other day that said, "Dads before 2019," because I said so. Dads after 2019, I have spoken. <laughs> like it's it's going to be around for years to come, and I and I, I 
I don't doubt that John Favreau has so many new ideas for not only the seasons to coming, but you know, just give us more phrases, more key characters coming out from Star Wars, uh, from from Star Wars in general. Just the the storyline. So many characters are going to be coming out, so it's going to be great to see what oh. they have for the future. Oh yeah, agreed. And with that, let's get into this last episode uh, of the Mandalorian called Redemption. Dun dun dun. And um, the intro of it was amazing. It was it was exactly what you kind of said was going to happen, which was IG Eleven comes out to, to yeah. save the day. And uh, yeah, and you know, like I I told you after we we got to see it. I mean, the big hero for this show for this episode was IG Eleven. I mean, he came out in that scene where he just lit up those two uh, Imperial troopers. That it was insane. I loved it. I loved the back and forth between the troopers. Yeah, like, those guys. Yeah, those dudes are really funny. You like, know, I'm, I'm. I mean, your dad was in the Air Force. I'm former military. I mean, that's the kind. Of, that's what we did. That's what we. <laughs> that's the way we talked. Just standing around, you know, <laughs> shooting the stuff, man. That's 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 what we did, and we did stupid things like that, like trying to hit that little thing that was on the ground with their blasters, but missing all over the place. And I've also I also think that was a. A knock towards the Star Wars films because you know the stormtroopers never really hit anything whenever they were shooting at people. So <laughs> and now now it seems like Favreau was saying it wasn't the troopers, it was the guns. The <laughs> guns were not good. The guns were terrible. Um, but yeah, so the episode begins with IG Eleven uh, was- seeking his revenge because they killed Quill, which was very 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 sad in last week's episode. And then we go from there to him killing these troopers like violently. Which was awesome, and then, and then the show goes. It doesn't. It doesn't stop, man. Like once IG Eleven gets the child, and once he goes into the town, I was like, "This is this is going to be great. This is going to be really really cool." And ultimately, I mean, it was okay. So was it your favorite episode, or was it kind of, what was it up there? Well, it's up there. I, I want to say it's easily. It's probably my second favorite. My favorite episode is hands down is episode one. I mean, you just that first intro. You don't know what to expect from from the series itself, and then you see the the fight scenes, and then you see Baby Yoda at the very end reaching his reaching his hand up. I thought that was probably the most iconic scene for this series was when the, the Mandalorian first finds. Baby Yoda, um, and we say Baby Yoda because really we don't really know what to call him. We can't say Yoda species all the time. Yeah, because they don't even know it's Yoda species. You know what I mean? Like nobody. It's so crazy. Nobody in the show knows, except for one person. One person does know who, not who he is, but like what. Technically, two. I mean, Moff Gideon knew who, uh, what he was, and then um, the person I thought who was the villain in the in the first place knew who who and what what he is whenever they first put the contract out on him mm-hmm. um so I, I would say in the doctor that they had doing the experience with after in the second or third episode i believe um but that's it no nobody else nobody else knows we don't know yeah no no they nobody told us in the in the, in the last episode and i kind of figure because even dave filoni had said early on he said not all your answers are going to be or not all your your questions are going to be answered in this 
in the in the first season, which is I guess is smart because you want to keep people coming back. You want to keep people coming to season two, which hopefully comes out next year. I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it does. But yeah, you want to keep people coming back to to figure out what is going on, what's the story, how is it all like connected. Um, and I I think it was smart, but also kind of frustrating that we didn't find out more about who the child was and everything. Well, what's crazy to me this this happened six years after you know uh, Return of the Jedi, and they're it's almost like the Jedi and their abilities of to use the force is almost like you know legend or lore you know nobody really nobody really knows what it what it's called or what it's what it is in general and that to me that's crazy you know I, I, I it's the first time I've seen a Star Wars series in that matter that you know is not focused on the use of the force agreed and um yeah because clone wars of course is all about the jedi and everything in rebels too you have your uh your kane and then also your ezra but what's so shocking though is that even though it's six years after the the return of the jedi you would think everybody would have known what luke skywalker did or who luke skywalker is because of he was responsible for bringing down the emperor or the empire or so we thought and you would think everyone would know about it to where if you see something like this, they would, somebody would be like, Oh, Hey, this is something uh, Luke Skywalker would have done. Like this is the Jedi. Like this looks like something the Jedi would have done, but yeah, nobody, nobody acknowledges it, which I guess is kind of, uh, cool and kind of like, ah, really it's cool because it's, it shows you the galaxy is so big that some people just don't even, don't even care about what's going on. Just, you know, well, we, we know watching this series that the formal Imperial, uh, troopers and Moff Gideon, they know what this baby is and what the baby can do. Um, you see Quirrell in earlier in the season mentioned he's heard of the abilities. I, think, I believe it was after episode two, after they fight the Mudhorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this last episode, you see, they don't really call her anything, but I think the Forger, um, the one who's making the Mandalorian's armor, she references an old legend from uh, from Mandalorian uh, history where they fought, uh, she, she called them wizards or sorcerers that uh, called the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time in this entire series that they had been mentioned by name. Um, and But the power wasn't called the Force. It was to say they would they possessed this kind of power. They were called sorcerers. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that was pretty interesting. I think they're going to play off that a little bit. Oh yeah, they're definitely yeah. Season two is going to be all about. We're gonna, I think we're going to get all of our answers in season two, whereas this was just kind of the the this big big introduction into the world. And I think once we get to season two, it's gonna it's gonna really really pick up. Um, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it now because they 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 do say at the in the episode they're like, all right, now you're going to train. You're gonna train the uh, the child. So does that mean we're gonna be seeing the child as a uh, as a as a Jedi or? You know, <laughs> I I don't know. I I think I I loved how how she she referenced. You know, this is you are bonded to this child now. You you you're like a father to him. Um, but I did. I need to find that article. I've been trying to trying to search it and see if I can find it again. I did tell you. I did read something where. Um, Someone had leaked that there were more puppets of the Yoda species that they that they saw on one of the Mandalorian sets. 
So I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where he's fine. Season two is probably going to go towards him searching for the species and eventually possibly finding them. That might be our end game. Um, but you also got to consider, too, what happened after the gunslinger episode and that mysterious person who walked up to that uh to uh, oh, to, to yeah. the target. Yeah, like, we're never gonna know. Like I thought, we were definitely gonna see the end of that episode at the end of this episode, but they didn't do that. They did something else completely different at the end of this episode, which was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've that was the first time I've seen the dark saber in a long time. But I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you touch on that because you kind of flipped out when you saw. Well, it. because the dark saber, you know, this this legend of it and like who has it, and now that. Moff Gideon has it there. I have more, so many more questions as to how he got this dark saber, you know? And the fact that we see it live action. I mean, even in Clone Wars and in Rebels, when you see it, it's it's like, oh my gosh, that thing is amazing. And in the back of your mind, you're always kind of like, man, how would they ever do that in like live action? How would they ever do that to make it look cool? And they did. I, I, just, they made it look amazing. I, just, I just want to go on record and say that I told you so. Didn't what? I tell you yesterday that they were going to do a knock towards Clone Wars? I think I oh yeah, you did. You're like, I bet you they're gonna introduce something with Clone Wars at the very end, and they did. Because what my thinking was at the end of season one, we were gonna get an intro into not all the way into the Force Awakens, but enough for us to to see that there's it's it's getting connected to that, and that these are gonna lead into you know Episode Seven, the, the seasons on the Mandalorian are gonna lead into Episode Seven, which I thought. I was like, that would be really cool, but of course they did not. They have other plans for it, which I'm glad they do. I'm glad that they don't listen to me all the time. But the fact that they, they kind of did a Clone Wars uh, nod and Rebels nod, I don't know. It's just really um, it's just really con- trying to connect everything together, and I think it's doing a really good job. And Favreau and Filoni together working on this are doing an amazing job bringing everything together because I know a lot of people – We'll watch, we'll see the Clone Wars cartoon and be like, ah, I'm not going to watch that. That doesn't, that's not that important. You know, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. But then the more you think about it, the more you start watching other like Star Wars movies, you go, wait a minute. Like all of this is in there already. And you watch it and it's, it's mind blowing. Like stuff that he was referencing in this episode happened in Clone Wars. And it was, it was insane. So I, I love the fact that Clone Wars is getting kind of a what's this uh, like a I don't know it's, be, it's becoming bigger now it's like becoming so much bigger well I I like the I like how everything's interconnected you know you you watch everything from the prequel movies all the way to Clone Wars to Rebels to uh, Rogue One to Solo to the original uh, the original trilogy to these to Force Awakens Last Jedi Rise of Skywalker and if you really pay attention to these things, everything is interconnected. They all kind of give a nod to each other. And I love how Favreau and Filoni are, are kind of building that with this Mandalorian. Now, I think in the seasons to come, I don't see this going past three, maybe four seasons um, until they start introducing another live action series like the Obi-Wan or the... Uh, the Cassian Andor the, one. Cat, the Cassian and Andor one. But... I think it's going to give the nod to Force Awakens at the end because, like like they said before, this is going to be um, you're going to start seeing the first order start coming into to its own throughout this series, I believe. Um, which we'll see this 
surprise puppet that we call Snoke <laughs> arrive at some point in time, I believe, but I don't know, I may be wrong on that one. But I, I think we're getting, and even you said, like, this is First Order, I think we're getting the the introduction of the First Order with Moff Gideon, and the fact that these guys, it's been six years since the Empire's been gone, and these guys are still serving somebody, they're still they're still working, they're still building stuff. So I think we are already seeing the the beginnings of the First Order, and what's going to be really cool, and I know that it's kind of weird, but is going to is seeing like the stormtrooper outfits slowly start to morph into the First Order stormtrooper outfits. I think that's going to you're going to start seeing that in the, some of the later seasons mm-hmm. when he inter- encounters. Them. I mean, you, I mean, we saw that flamethrower today. Like, holy crap! Like, I've never seen a stormtrooper have those red stripes on them like that. I think that was a nod. That's a nod to Clone Wars because yeah. some of the soldiers in Clone Wars have the red, some of them have the blue, and it was, again, live action. You get to see it live action, but you see it in the old school Stormtrooper design with the red stripes on them. And dude, awesome. he looked really cool when he came out. But uh, anyways, yeah, we keep talking. Anyway, okay, so the episode, <laughs> The Redemption, um... It was it was really fast paced and we got to see something that we thought I didn't think they were gonna do it with him taking off his helmet, but they did. You know, uh, eventually <laughs> I thought they were gonna do it because that was one of those things that I think viewers wanted to see. Like they wanted to see him take off his helmet for something. If it wasn't gonna be for uh, the woman in episode, I think four. Yeah. If it wasn't gonna be for our. Um, What's her name? The, uh, the I can't. I, I'm bad with names. I, I apologize. Dune, Cara Dune. Yeah. Okay. If it, was, it wasn't going to be for her, then who was it going to be for? You know, I think that was going to be the big question. And then when you know he gets blown up and he, they drag him back into the tavern, and IG Eleven's like, when he says that line, "I'm not a living thing," and he just pulls the helmet off, and that little noise that you pointed yeah. out. Uh, happens. I thought that was the coolest thing to do, and I think that's what viewers wanted to see. They wanted to see Pedro Pascal actually, um, actually playing the role because I, I think there were some rumors that you know there's some scenes where he's not playing well, the man. It's, it's not rumors. It's it's real. Like there's shots of him not not there, um, and I know that uh, John Wayne's grandson. I forgot what his name is, but his last name is Wayne. Um, he says there's like four of them that are doing it that are doing the performance like it's pedro and it's others and if you think about it i mean that's 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 how it is for for movies you know like even darth vader david prowse wasn't always in the suit as darth vader but but yeah there was that whole controversy where they were like oh he's not always in the suit it's like well yeah i mean you can't always have your your main main star in a suit uh covered up Unless you absolutely need him to be in the suit cover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and Honestly, I don't think Pedro Pascal probably wouldn't have done it unless he was able to reveal his face at one oh, point yeah. in time. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, but I, I, I love that they finally did it. I loved that they finally answered the question. You know, we saw the earlier flashbacks of when uh, Mando was a child. Mm-hmm. And we saw him getting put into a little cellar. And then we see the explosion. And then it would cut as soon as the droid opened the door. And you see him pointing his his fist at him to kill him, and then it would cut right there. And we we would we would speculate back and forth. The you know what happens afterwards? Who saves him? I thought. Remember, we we were thinking it'd be cool to see oh see a lightsaber just kind of cut through it. That would have been awesome. And you, and you see Obi Wan standing there. But I thought it was even. I thought I thought it was just as awesome seeing the Mandalorians 
come to the rescue. He shoots down the droid. He puts his hand out, almost similar to the way he did in yep. episode one to to the to the child. And you know, they then they fly off together, and that's how he started his journey as a Mandalorian. I also liked how he said, uh, you know, that it's a creed. I mean, he's not a true a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. but it's it's a creed. It's a way of life, and um, I thought I liked how they clarified that. Point oh yeah, in the show, because a lot of people were were talking about it, like you know, he's from Mandalorian. It's like, no, I don't think he, I don't think he is, and. We we got the conclusion that he's not from Mandalore, and uh, he's not a true Mandalorian. And and you know we, you know we talked about it would be so cool if Obi Wan like saves him or something like yeah. that. But it, of course, it makes complete like hundred percent more sense that he you know <laughs> that it was a Mandalorian that saved him. You know because it gets the story going after that. Um, we find out his name, and we're not going to say that for you because you haven't seen the show. But um, but we also found out that. That uh, Cara Dune is from Alderaan. Mm-hmm. That was such a great reveal that she was born on Alderaan, which now explains why she hates the Empire. Because I remember there was that one episode where she was like, or it was the last episode, where she goes, I don't want to go, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, There's a chance for you to kill um, uh, Imperials. And she's like, when we leave, and like, all right, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go right now. <laughs> and, and then, and then today, she, and then in this episode, she's like, I can't get captured. I'm not going to get captured. She was going to go down fighting, no matter what the situation. Yeah. Go ahead. So now, yeah. So now we figure out why she works the way she does, and why she hates the Empire as much as she does. Because, like, in what I love in the in the, some of the Star Wars books that I've read is that when Alderaan was was destroyed in Star Wars, you don't see it, but the whole galaxy was shocked. Because Alderaan was just this amazing, peaceful planet that everyone always talked about. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, you should go there. It's amazing. And then when it blew up, the whole galaxy was afraid of the Empire at that moment. But then you also have some of those people who were mad at the Empire for that, which introduces this character. And we find out that Carl Weathers was a a politician before, right? Yeah, he was a politician before. Yes, he was a politician before... Uh, I loved how Moff Gideon just kind of called all three of them out in that scene. I mm-hmm. mean, just one after another. Um, Mostly for the audience, but, you know, yeah, it was still pretty, <laughs> yeah. still pretty cool. But, but, I mean, he still did it in Gus-like faction. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's he's kind of typecast <laughs> now. Like, they, if you haven't seen him in Giancarlo Esposito, if you haven't seen him in Breaking Bad, watch him. And then you watch this one, you're like, okay, they kind of just said... Just do what you did when you played Gus. That, that was great. <laughs> that was pretty much it. I mean, he was—he's evil enough to do bad things, but he's also smart enough, you know, not to do bad things. And yeah. I think that was the—I think that was Moff Gideon. In order for him to survive, you know, the fall of the Empire, he had to be that way. But yep. um, and Jean- let's 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 talk about him going into the sewers a little bit, and then mm-hmm. finding. I thought that was probably kind of like one of those heart-wrenching and like jaw-dropping moments when he walks in and he just sees the helmets and armor uh, piled on top of each other and he just kind of falls to his knees. I thought that was uh, very... I was more humanizing to the character that Pedro Pascal played than when he uh, rescued Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because then he realized... I'm the last one. Yeah. That was, uh, well, he, she said some of them, some did leave, 
but the majority of them were were gone. And yeah, you're right. That reveal of just all the helmets, all the armor, and the fact that as great as Mandalorians are, they're when it comes to numbers, the Empire has way far more. Yeah, far more numbers than they do. Which is what ultimately happened to them was they they all fell because they couldn't fight the Empire. Um, that was very crazy to see because it's an image you never would have thought you'd see. Because you know, like I said, like Mandalorians are just this these cool warriors and then to see that they all most of them that all was, died that was reminiscent of their scene on Tatooine when he walks into the village and you see the um, the stormtroopers helmets sitting on pikes yeah uh, but I think this one had more impact because he was relying on them to still be there and protect them yep. and then when he walked in and realized oh crap I might be the only one left uh, and then you see the forger come out and I'm I'm gonna call her the forger. That might not be her name, mm-hmm. but I mean she's the one who forges all the all the armors, uh, gives him his insignia, which I thought was a very important piece of the episode. Yep. Um, but when she comes out and just she's very calm about it, you know, and just says, you know, some of them may have escaped, some of them may not have, uh, but this is the way. And then she just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was really cool too. But then she has, like, the coolest moment ever in the episode. She's there. She has her tools. Like, what, seven or eight troopers walk in, and she just beats, kills them all. It was amazing to see. Oh, my God. I mean, she smashes the stormtrooper's helmet just with one one hit. Just You see it just break apart. And then when she throws that one into the fire. uh, Yeah, he he had a little bit to think about before he burned alive. But, yeah, the the action in this episode was really great. The action in this episode was just, I don't know, it was the best. Not the best, but it was really great. It was really well-paced you know, set pieces that they did for this movie. And, I mean, for this episode. And I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Now, you know, you said earlier your favorite episode was the first episode. My favorite episode is still probably the third, uh, where the Mandalorian showed up at the very end to help him out. Yeah, uh, that, that's that still... one was awesome. You see the, you see the Mandalorians fly next to the ship mm-hmm. as he's flying away. Yeah, that one was really good. Um, I think I think number one is my favorite this last one is number two, and then number three is probably my third. Mm-hmm. Number three is your third, yeah. Well, the reason I like number three a lot is because of the fact that he, um, when they're all firing at him, he kind of him him and the child have a moment where he just looks at the child and he's just holding the child in his hands while like he's in that speeder and they're just shooting at him, and it's just a moment where he's like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna die." So for this thing, okay, this is this is a good way to go out. And then he, I don't know that just that moment of him accepting what was about to happen i love that so much and in this episode we see the bond is stronger now and we also see that just like how he was picked up as a kid like you said earlier now he is the one picking up the the child and now he has to protect the child the same way he was protected so it's all coming full circle so we're going to be seeing him and now we're going to be seeing that he's not going to let the kid ever out of his sight now we knew it he never did let the kid out of his sight he almost did but now he's like all right this kid is with me at all times i mean he let the kid out of his sight and what was that the pointless one six or Mm -hmm. five no six episode six when he went on that pointless mission with bill burr (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i'm still a little salty about that episode (laughs) but whatever anyway he so you're right, and I think that's that's great. And she, the forger, kind of explains it whenever they walk into the forge, and she's like, "The child is a foundling. 
you know, he, she calls the child a foundling. He said, you're bonded to this child. Um, it is the way you will train him. So I think that's when he's, he knew it. I think he knew in the back of his head, like that's, but that was when it, when it was confirmed, like, okay, like we're on this journey together. I'm either going to get you to your species or you're going to become a Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, which I don't see. Yeah, I don't see him wearing the. Armor. I don't see the armor or the helmet, <laughs> but I see him. I I can I can see the child being maybe dressed up in some you know, some some kick ass uh, <laughs> Beskar steel armor, and then just his ears flopping out and using the force on somebody. But but here's my question to you: So will the child still have his like rags that he wears, or is he gonna be? all decked out in a brand new costume in season two. You know, I think he's going to have his rags, uh, depending on what kind of, because, you know, Lucasfilm and Star Wars, they like to, sometimes they like to start things off, you know, right after something happens, or sometimes they'll wait a few years. Though The time, time timeline will jump a few years, and then it will happen. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we saw that in the prequels with, you know, uh, Phantom Menace happening, then ten years later we have Clone Wars. Yeah, um, and Attack then, of Clones, you know, or Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It all depends on what kind of time frame uh, Favreau and Filoni have for season two. I mean, are we are we starting right after the events of this episode, or are we going to be jumping ahead? You know, five, ten years from now, we see the the child, you know, maybe grow into a toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, versus being an infant, even though he's 50 years old, maybe he's, you know, a little bigger this next season. So it's going to be interesting to see what where they take season two, um, especially after how this one ended, because I want to see if, you know, is the is part of the season going to have the Mandalorian actually training the child, uh, especially if he's a toddler or is it going to be dedicated strictly to the search of the species? We don't know yet. Um, but I want to talk about IG-11 in this episode. You oh, see, yeah. You know, when they get to the, the Lava River, I think that was IG-11's, other than the fight scene at the very beginning, I think that was his end healing uh, Pedro Pascal's char- character. I think this was his, like, defining moment at the end of, of the Lava River when he just hands everything off to the Mandalorian and just jumps in the river and starts walking. I It's part of my protocol not to be... Captured. Have to be captured, yeah, yeah. And um, I love what he says. And I told you, I was like, that's going to be a meme here pretty soon where he's like, if anything happens, I'm going to hand you the child. If anything happens to the child, I will kill you. Or like something like that where he's like. If you get close to this child, I will kill you. Yeah. And he's and, talking to Carl Weathers in that, in that scene. I yeah. think that was awesome. So that's going to be a new meme where people are going to be saying about Baby Yoda, how if, you, if anything happens to this thing, I'm going to kill you. But no. Um, yeah, his his arc throughout the whole series was really, really cool to see how he goes from just this mindless killing machine to a, uh, a droid nurse, if you may. <laughs> and, um, he, and he, he, you know, fulfills what he was supposed to do and he protects everybody. He protects the child. And it was so cool to see that. Cause you know, I don't know. Like when he, when he got shot in the first episode, it was like, is that it? That's that guy can't be it. He has to come back. And I remember, and I said before, like Tycho had said, he has a great arc through the series, and I was after he dies in the first episode. I was like, Taika, you were just messing with all of us. Like, there was no way, you know. And now it all makes sense. And it was, yeah, he was right. He had a really good, uh, good character arc, and it was such a, uh, uh, I guess a, a fresh 
look at a droid doing something like that, and I loved it. And I loved how they did the the self destruct, and it just kind of just blew everybody away. Um, at the, at the end of that time, all the stormtroopers were just gone, and then you see, he's it cuts to uh, the Mandalorian. He's just staring, and just watching, and then yeah. the, and then it cuts to the child, and he's just staring and watching. Um, I I loved how Carl Weathers started taking shots in the tavern. I thought that was oh, yeah. fantastic. They're outside waiting for them, but he's all looking at the bottle. And he's like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna, I guess I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna get a couple shots in before you know the end of it." Uh, I thought Carl Weathers did good. I mean, in this in this series altogether. Uh, oh yeah, he was really good in this series all yeah all together. Yeah, I mean, his acting alone, I thought was 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 great. I didn't think it was robotic. I didn't think it was it was it was hard for him to fall into character. I thought everything was 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 good for him. He was a good like you know him and uh, even Werner were like you know you know who they are and you know the type of movies they've done and who they and to see them in a Star Wars world it was just like oh okay they they belong in Star Wars world you know like they belong in a, in this type of story and um I, I love that I love that they you know who these actors are they start to act and you're like of course who else would do that even Nick yeah. Nolte is like you hear Nick Nolte's voice as Quill you're like no other actor could have done that like no other actor no, could have been able to no, do that that type all. of performance and i love how i love how things like this are making it more appealing to those kind of actors to come over to the Star Wars uh family as as you will you're seeing more and more big actors come in you know Nick Nolte Werner um you see him, you see him come over and play these roles, and it's it, it, it for me. It's cool to see because now, like everybody wants to be a part of of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you know, even going to like some of the movies, you know, like we saw Max Moncito at the beginning of The Force Awakens, and I was like, what in the world? Like Max Moncito's in Star Wars, and then Laura Dern being in the Last Jedi mm-hmm. and Benicia del Toro, and so you get this this now that Disney has Star Wars, and now that they're pumping these movies out and these TV shows. It's going to be really interesting to see these actors who are always, except for Werner, he wasn't a Star Wars fan, but to see some of these actors who are big Star Wars fans being able to be in these in these yeah. shows. And it's like, oh my gosh, that must be the coolest thing ever to do, you know? You know, you know we, we talked about this the other day, you know, it, the Star Wars, you know, saga and the Star Wars lore, you know, goes for generations. Oh, I yeah. mean, you have people who are, you know, they were that are grandparents now that were teenagers whenever these the the first original trilogy came out and then you have parents who were kids when the prequels came out and now you have uh these movies you have clone wars rebels you have this series just inspiring a whole new generation of fans and you know like you said you, a lot of these actors they they grew up on star wars that was yeah. some of the first movies they saw in, in theaters and for them to now be a part of the star wars family i think is a big it may not be an award or some type of a trophy that they get at an at an award show, but I think it's it's something that they can say, "Yeah, I was a part of Star Wars. Yep. I was in this episode of Mandalorian. Um, you know that that was me. This was kind of some for some of these actors. This is kind of the the height of their career. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, I can't I can't even imagine like if one day 
you know, Lucasfilm calls me and says, hey, we want you to be in this Star Wars movie. I'd be like, this is it. <laughs> like, no. Dude, I would be a Jawa. They asked me to be. I, I, I don't care how small the role. Like, I would. I Literally would walk, how small the role. <laughs> I, I would walk around on my knees and with a hood. You wouldn't even know I'm there. Like, you know, or just have me stand in the background just so I can be in a picture. Speaking of Jawas, man, those dudes suck, man. So, like, so in the episode, Moff Gideon's uh, TIE Fighter goes down. They cut to it, and it hasn't even been down for, like, like five minutes. And there's already Jawas over there taking that thing apart. I was like, man, those dudes are awful, man. I freaking hate Jawas so, so much. One of the funniest scenes I, I got a kick out of it is when IG-11 is riding the, the speeder through oh, town, yeah. just killing people as he's, as he's driving by. And you see a Jawa getting harassed by two stormtroopers, and then IG-11 goes by, kills them both, and he's just looking around. All right. It's cool. like, cool. Thank you. Thank you for that, man. It, 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 for me, it made me laugh because it was like, hey, it's good to be short every once in a while, you know? It's good to be not at, at the same height as a lot of other people, which is the story of my life. So, but, uh, but yeah, overall, I think The Mandalorian season one was just a huge success. I mean, it, it showed Lucasfilm that the masses will watch it if, one, it's great content, which it was, and two, if it's just. I don't know, just shocking and connective, which is what it was. And I think overall Mandalorian season one was a big success for Lucasfilm. I thought so too. I mean, not only just the the, the storyline, the plot, the writing was, was fantastic. The actors that they had in these, in, in these episodes were great. Um, but just how they made each episode was like watching a movie. I mean, yep. how they would cut to different scenes. And it was like watching a movie, but it was different from what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, I, I'm going to go back and say, it. I mean, these were literally like Star Wars versions of old Westerns or samurai movies. Yep. And I, I think that was what is attracting more people because it is completely outside of the Star Wars box, but still within the same uh, genre or, yeah. you know, category. Which now, like I said, we said before, Lucasfilm, look, I think they're going to start to see that, you know, you can change the genre of Star Wars and keep it Star Wars and people will will, will watch it. You know, mm-hmm. people will go and be like, oh, man, this is really, really great. Oh, man, like they did like a like a, you know, a spy, you know, thriller type of Star Wars t- TV show. And it was awesome. You know, they did a Western and it was awesome. You know, they did a any genre they can do and it would be really 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 fun you could do a whole heist you know tv show about star wars which you know yeah. kind of rogue one was kind of a, you know a big heist but yeah you can do anything with star wars now and it, it's it's cool to see now that uh, now that the skywalker saga has ended now that we have seen the completion of the the story you know we're going to start seeing these little bits plugged in here and there which is you know our casting and or even our mandalorian Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're going to start seeing all this stuff plugged in. It's just going to be so fascinating to see what else they can put within this timeline. I mean, that's that's kind of the the beauty of Star Wars as a whole. I mean, the the universe that Star Wars is in, like there's so many possibilities for for shows and movies in itself. There's so many characters, so many backstories that mm-hmm. people want to know about and and see. And I think this this one was honestly I thought when they announced the Mandalorian I was like oh great it's gonna be a, a Boba Fett kind of oh yeah 
kind of a thing and it was completely left field like nobody <laughs> nobody knew you know they knew what mandalorians were because of boba fett but they didn't know you know about these characters and you know this is the way the creed you know that that these that these warriors take on and what happens you know i thought this was fantastic i thought this series did what Lucasfilm wanted it to do and attract a whole new uh, set of fans to Star Wars. And yeah, that's what I that's what I think is really fascinating about it. And you know, somebody I know who said I've just been recently obsessed with Star Wars now because of the show, and then because the new the new Rise of Skywalker came out, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta watch everything Star." Like, I gotta watch Clone Wars, I gotta watch Rebels. I'm like, "Yes, yes, keep going." You know, like this is. <laughs> This is the way <laughs> you you found it. It's great. It is great to see these Have people. Have you heard the story of Darth <laughs> Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> and, it, and it's great to have people come up to me and they just go like, "James, I watched the first episode of this." And one of my friends said, "Hey, I started watching episode one, and I and I looked at her. I was like, oh, what did you think?' Because she says, "I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. I just I'm, I'm watching them in order, the numerical order." I was like, you watched episode one, what'd you think? And she says, I really liked it. It was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at her going, wow, like this is... Yeah, I mean... E- this... Episode one is, uh, I don't know, these Star Wars movies are, are, are... The audiences are evolving now to where, I don't know, Star Wars is it just has like... It just had a, a, a rebirth in pop culture. Well, and we were here for that. I think I think we can credit that to Force Awakens. Yeah, honestly. Force, yeah. I think when Force Awakens came out, it kind of gave a a new breath to Star Wars as a whole. I mean, Rebels and and Clone Wars did fantastic on their own, in their own right. I think you had mentioned, too, like those shows were designed for a younger kind of audience to Mm -hmm. kind of get younger fans into Star Wars, similar to the way that the original trilogy did. Um, But when Force Awakens came came out i think that was kind of like okay we got our third wind here we go again and then you have the mandalorian come out which appeals not only to the younger crowd but also to you know the older crowd that have been fans for years and they're just like oh my god this is amazing this is so different than what what we've seen so far i thought i think i think this i like if this is if this sets the tone for where the future of star wars is going I'm on board. Oh, I yeah. want to see. I, I want to see where this train leads. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm anxious to see what Lucasfilm is going to do in like ten years from now. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're going to. Star Wars is not going away. Star Wars is never going to go away. No. It's always going to be there, and it all goes back to George Lucas's crazy vision he had of this, and then how this new generation of filmmakers are coming in and taking that, and then you know going further with it, and it's just phenomenal to see the future of Star Wars and it's it's great. You know, and and like we we had a conversation about this the other day. I I love seeing these these filmmakers and these directors and these producers that have grown up to be Star Wars fans and they have in their heads visions of how these stories play out. And I I love seeing their visions do this and I I can't wait. And I I think uh Favreau and um who's the other guy? Filoni. Filoni what they're going to be doing with Star Wars for, for the years to come, I mean, Lucasfilms will be stupid 
if they let them go from yeah from work. So it's, let's see. I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens. Me too. Well, uh, that was just our breakdown. Kind of not even a breakdown. Just us talking about the success of the Mandalorian. Um, if you join our Patreon, we're actually going to have the commentary of the the last episode of the Mandalorian, and we're looking forward to that. And, and hey, if you want to just help support us on our on our uh, podcast, we have a. Three tiers, a uh, Babu Frick tier, which is just a $1 tier. We just want to support us. A $2 and a $5, and, uh, if you would like. I'll put the links there down below. But uh, but yeah, overall Mandalorian, amazing. I give it a A+. Plus. I a- give that an A+. Plus, yeah. A+, plus, I give it four and a half stars. Because um, that one episode. Because of that one episode. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm a little salty. But, uh, well, yeah. thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, we'll be back uh, this Monday with another awesome topic. Rudy, thank you for joining us on the Thanks. podcast. Thanks for having me, man. And we'll, we'll see you later. May the force be with you always. Always.